The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-Shirts. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. Hey friend, get ready to listen in on some long-form conversations and authentic stories with people who have decided to turn their mess into their mission and their past into their purpose. We'll talk on topics like faith, family, and entrepreneurship. Here we go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All My Favorite People. I'm so glad to have you back for this fall part of our season one with me today, I have Justin Harvey. Hey, Justin, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good. Glad to be here. Good, me too. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I've been watching the things that you've been up to over the last several years, and you are near the top of my list of people who I definitely had to have on, just because I feel like you share so much just good information, and you're really bold, and I love that about you. So... Um, the way we do it here is we just jump right in. So we're going to jump right in and cool. I'm going to have Justin share a little bit about himself and then we'll jump into um, his mission, if you will. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Justin Harvey. I am an independent journalist and activist here in Orlando, Florida, and I've been here my entire life. <laughs> um, my journey started about eight to 10 years ago. Um, I had a pretty standard life. Uh, everything was fine and dandy. I was just going through the motions, just like a regular person. Um, thought my government was ever loving and trusting and that everything was great in the world. <laughs> but then I got hit by a ton of bricks and um, found multiple different rabbit holes, you could say. And in a nutshell, I had a very rapid awakening after a family member sent me a couple YouTube videos. And I started learning more about the food that we were eating and what was in it, like the ingredients, what it was sprayed with. Um, I started learning about our money system. The reasons why we went to war weren't really what we were told in school. So it was just a lot of things that I was unraveling. And after I collected all the information, I was really just upset and kind of angry that I had been lied to, that so many people that I knew around me had been lied to, and that a lot of the bad things going on in the world didn't, they weren't just, oh, it's just the way that, that, that it is. They were sort of made to happen and they could be prevented. And um, it was at that point that I got involved with a whole lot of different things. As you can see these days, I'm involved with um, signs like this, which we'll get into. But my, um, my activism started with the March Against Monsanto uh, in about 2012. Um, you know, I realized that out of all the things that, that we had been finding out about our world, that our food was one of the most important. And the other one was our media, because we have to eat three times a day. We have to feed our children. And the media was like the only reason that we were lied to about all this stuff. So I was like, okay, these are the two most important things. Let me try to tackle them both. I am, uh, quickly found the March Against Monsanto in Orlando, and I found the We Are Change Orlando group, um, which was basically an alternative media and activist group trying to shine a light on all of these topics. Um, so I, I pretty much hit the ground running. I ran the March Against Monsanto for six to seven years in Orlando. And, um, you know, the We Are Change Orlando topic covered everything from 
um, 9-11 truth to the, the, the battle of Standing Rock with the, the indigenous people against the pipeline, to the fluoride in our water, to the 5G going up on the streets, to the vaccine industry. You know, at the end of the day, it was anything that we were being that was affecting our health or our freedom. You know, that was something that I wanted to get involved with. So um, from government spying to um, toxins in, you know, our food and water. It was, it was everything. So um, I had a little, um, I guess, run with the Anonymous Collective. I mean, if some people may be familiar with them, they were the, with the Guy Fox masks. I was going to Washington, D.C. and protesting with them uh, for a couple years. And over time, I think I started to hone in on what was most important currently. And it was a few years ago when I realized, okay, 5G and vaccines are literally going to be coming at us full steam ahead. So I sort of shifted gears and um, was covering those two topics. And it was about a year in, was really getting going, and the pandemic hit. So at that point, it was, okay, well, forced vaccinations, um, you know, our medical freedom and our way of life was now so much under attack that, yes, all the other topics were important, but that became my main focus. Uh, at this point, you know, I had already been doing some work with the Vaxxed movie when it would come to town, helping with those events. Um, I loved Del Bigtree and Sherry Tenpenny and all the great heroes of our movement. But then Joshua Coleman came around and the Florida Freedom Keepers popped up and things were just really getting going. And, you know, we were doing, started doing these massive campaigns with highway banners and these big red and black signs that Joshua Coleman created and the Florida Freedom Keepers and other medical freedom groups were building these bases of people and our numbers were really growing. And um, I think that that was inevitable and so was the uh, pandemic, as I call it. So it was really crazy that all those things were coming to head at the exact same time. The silver lining being we were already locked and loaded. We had all our people ready to rally. We had been doing the millions march against mandatory vaccines for a couple years. So everything was ready to go. We just turned up the heat and um, put all of our you know, focus on this, this pandemic forced vaccine agenda. So uh, that brings you basically all the way up to speed in, a, in a, all of it in a little nutshell. So Yeah. I love that food was your first kind of entry point because that's so funny. I didn't realize that. And that, that's where it was for me too. Um, oh, really? my, yeah. My shirt says my son was injured by vaccines and um, our youngest son, Bo, who's now he'll be six at the end of the week. Um, he was injured by the MMR vaccine and he immediately regressed. Um, he didn't speak. He had eight words at the age of two and a half, which they say he should have about a hundred words at that point. Um, and so one of the first things we looked at was his diet. Mm. And in our research, we realized to your point, like how much junk is in the food that we eat, how much just oh. like how it's just been manipulated, the, the plates and the pyramid and how it's all just, you know, food propaganda, if you will, um, you know, paid for by, you know, dairy and everybody else, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was my initial awakening as well, which is so interesting because I think people might look at someone like you or me and say like, oh, it was vaccines or it was, exactly. you know, 5G or some of these like 9-11 truth, like some of these things that can very easily, I think, to a normal person just be kind of shoved to the side and said like, well, that's a crazy conspiracy theory. Well, 
okay, let's look at your food. Like, let's just start there. And, um, it was very eye-opening. I don't know if it's still around because I know they took it off of Netflix, but there was a movie called the magic pill. Mm -hmm. And we watched that as a family and just completely altered the way that we think about food, um, the way we consume it, just what we choose to put in our bodies. And then, you know, to your point about vaccines, obviously, if you're going to start taking care of yourself and the food you put in your body, the things that you use for, you know, everyday self-care and just that, you know, once you start going down that road, like, of course, I'm not going to inject myself with something that has mercury and formaldehyde and all these crazy things in it. Um, that if you were to call CPS and say, or, or poison control and say like, Hey, I gave my kid um, a bunch of mercury and formaldehyde. They would call CPS on you in five seconds. So let's unpack that a little bit. Um, but you said we, we are change Orlando is really where your kind of focus is now. And so let's talk a little bit about the banners because that's, I think that's where my first kind of introduction to we are change Orlando and this movement. I think that was my first introduction to you. Um, was the and actual banners, the banners, the highway banners, oh, wow. okay. because cool. like, to me, I'm like, Ooh, these people have some balls. They are crazy. Like I am for <laughs> it. Like I just, I bought in when I saw that. Um, because you know, it was it, two or three years ago. It's not, it wasn't a topic of conversation like it is in our daily everyday life, right? right how it is right now. So tell me a little bit about the banners. Tell me about how you found yourself in the vaccine conversation. Yeah. So I guess there's three little parts I'll take you in through that. And it starts with the food to we are change into the banners. And just like you said, when you start turning over the food package and realizing that, oh my gosh, these ingredients that I can't pronounce are actually like toxic and poisonous. They're genetically modified, what have you. Then it's like, well, I have to, well, what's in my deodorant? Right. Aluminum. Well, what's in my soap and my shampoo? Now, well, what's in my ketchup? Like everything you start to think of, and then you get eventually you lead to vaccinations. And it's like, well, I'm conscious about the ingredients of the products I put in my body. Am I going to look at the back of the vaccine? Well, it's very hard to find those ingredients. And then when you do find them, you find out, oh my gosh. And then you've got an entire other rabbit hole. So I think it just goes into we were very naive and trusting, you know, and all of us, just like our parents and our teachers and our, and the authority, we, we just trusted everyone that if that was poisonous, they, they wouldn't let it. Somebody would stop it. The public right. employee or the, the, the Bayer employee, somebody would eventually down the line say, Hey, this is bad. And I think that's where you end up. So. Yeah. Well, the, and, the, the and I'll point out they, the people that have done that end up dead. Like, yeah. I mean, yep. and I'm not trying to be insensitive or, you know, and not just dead, they end up um, harassed and stalked. And I mean, I've actually met a scientist, Dr. Tyrone Hayes, he was the guy who found out that atrazine, an herbicide was chemically castrating frogs, and basically turning male and female alligators to male or female, basically making them hermaphrodite. So it was disrupting, you know, reproductive systems in in, um, these animals. And when he found out the, the company, the pharmaceutical company came down and said, get rid of that study. You know, this is not going to be the one that we show. So they're only allowed to show the ones that line up that say it's safe. He was, he said, no, I'm standing by my, my science and my, my job. And he uh, eventually found out in a weird way, he got inadvertently emailed 
a list of things that they were going to do to harass him. It wasn't supposed to go to him, but it was like an inner email to the company. And they were like, we will follow his family around after school or work and do these things. And it, it was just insane. And it just goes to show you how much they will attack the truth um, when you have these powerful corporations poisoning these products. <clears throat> but back to, you know, turning over to the back of your food, I think it just becomes, it's, you're being a conscious consumer. And I think when everyone is armed with the information and knowledge about what's in the products, they will buy the right thing. You're not going to buy something when you know it's harming your child. You will stop. And that's where we vote with our dollar, which at the end of this talk, I will tell you is my biggest motto and always has been is just vote with your dollar, vote with your lifestyle, because being the change you wish to see is way more effective in my experience than, you know, voting for president or um, picketing on the streets, all these other things that we do that have their time and place. The most important thing you can do is just live your change. And that's the motto of We Are Change Orlando. It is, we are change, not so much that we're like an organization with a leader. Um, we're not this, this complicated thing. It's really just an idea that we the people can be the own or be our own media we can be our own change and we don't need the government or the mainstream media to inform us or to protect us or any of this stuff we have all of that covered you know so yeah. that that was what really got me involved with we are change and and just so everyone knows we are change did start as a 911 truth uh, group it was basically representing firefighters who were breathing toxic chemicals that were told it was safe to go down there and it wasn't almost all of them are dead or have cancer now because of what they were going through. Um, and it started as like the victim's families that wanted answers. You had janitors that said bombs were going off, you know, before the plane hit and they wouldn't put his testimony in the official report. So that's what that group started as in New York. And it just evolved into what else is the government lying about and mm. what else can we shine a light on? And that ended up being genetically modified foods in Monsanto Edward Snowden and NSA spying, vaccines, you know, everything that we're going to talk about, I'm sure. So um, then you fast forward to where you see We Are Change Orlando with the banners. And, you know, a lot of that credit I have to give to Joshua Coleman and the V is for Vaccine campaign because I'm doing my thing over here. Josh is doing his thing in California. And we didn't know it, but we're slowly kind of perfecting our craft until this time comes. It now Josh has a freaking well-oiled machine going. He's got this eye-catching, factual campaign of messaging that when I saw, I was like, because I'm not a super creative person, I'll tell you right now. I, I see great ideas and I will say, okay, let's replicate this somewhere else. Let's inspire other people to do it. Yeah. So that's what I did. And we got on board and said, um, well, if they're going to censor us online, we have to take these signs to really big events. We have to hang these highway banners on really busy traffic days to reach thousands and thousands of people because we used to. But as you know, the censorship really crippled Josh and he started to um, expand this campaign. And that's where you see the banners. That's where you see the billboards. Yeah. So I, I followed you long enough to know that you have people who don't like those banners <laughs> and they <Yes>. will like <laughs> yell at you while you're out there putting them up or they'll. But I, I've also seen police officers basically like letting you do it. Like yep. where, so where, where does that, how does that all work out? So it's a, it's a sticky one because it's not really illegal. You know, you're, you're holding up a sign, but yeah. the, the gray area is we're attaching it to city property. 
So they claim that fence on the overpass is city property. So when we put the zip ties, they try to say, oh, you can't do that. But it varies. Some cops don't care. Some cops pulled up and said, um, hey, what's it say? And yeah. I tell them, they're like, wow, I didn't know that. Thank you. Have a great day. Love it. So it, it's hit or miss. But at, to your point, yes, yeah, sometimes we have people come over and um, are not happy to see it. Um, two older women on their bikes came over and ripped this. it down. And I couldn't believe that they did that. They had rode by once and they rode back by and I guess they had planned to tear it down and they, they tore it down and then they're yelling for the police and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, the police are not going to do anything, but tell yeah. you to stop tearing people's stuff down. I mean, yeah. they're not doing anything wrong. And what's so mm-hmm. funny about that, it was this message. It said COVID-19 vaccine makers are exempt from liability. It's a provable fact. Yes. It's not an opinion. I didn't say that, you know, vaccines cause X, Y, and Z. Um, this is very provable. You can look it up. There's nothing emotional or inappropriate about it. So it just goes to show that people have become so indoctrinated with this system that the very sight of a factual statement just threw them off the deep end and they ripped my stuff down. So it's yeah. very telling. It is telling. And I, and we're seeing it obviously more and more. And I think it's because it's become a conversation that we're having every day now. Like yeah. three years ago, two years ago, I remember having friends who, in my opinion, were like out there, right? With all their conspiracy right. theories, if you will. And me being like, this is really interesting and I'm intrigued and I want to know more. And so just being the person that I am, I dig, right? I, I do the research. I'll look it up. Um right. And then when you realize that, like you said, these are actual facts, they're not opinions, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's you know, data to, to back up what you're saying, um, definitely eye-opening. And then to see people who are just so, for lack of a better term, like stuck in their cognitive dissonance, you know, mm-hmm. stuck where they just can't possibly imagine that the government or their doctor or you know, a a school teacher or whoever is telling them something that's just blatantly false, they can't even wrap their brain around that. And that's where we're seeing now, you know, on Facebook and and it comes in real life now, you know, where people are willing to just come at you (laughs) over facts, which to me, I'm like, it's a fact. (laughs) Like, to me, I just can't, I can't fathom looking at a fact and being like, throwing that out the window. I think part of it with this topic too, and it gives us more of an uphill battle is that this is different from saying, okay, this person believes in that the government killed JFK. This person believes that Lee Harvey Oswald did. It's not a very emotionally tied subject. It's like, okay, big deal. You think that guy did it. You think that guy did it. With this topic, you have one side thinking that they're harming children by their actions. And you have the other side thinking they're harming children by their actions. Mm. So it's very emotionally, I think, tied to this. It's like when you try to question another government uh, narrative that has to do with children. If there's a school shooting, people are, oh my God, how could, how dare you say anything about that? Well, it's only because there was children involved. And I think when we talk about these things, we have to like set aside all the emotional stuff. And like you said, just look at those facts. Because when I got into this topic, I think like a lot of people, you hear there's an anti-group, right? Okay. Well, the anti-group is just they're just inherently against it. They're just, they yeah. just don't like vaccines. They never have and they never will. And they're just this, this thing that shouldn't be done. Well, that's never the case. Never. They're nine times out of 10, it's a 
regular mom or dad that trusted the science, got vaccinated as a child and vaccinated their children and something terrible happened. And when you find out, like, I remember the first documentary I watched on vaccines was, um, I always mess up the words. It's the truth about vaccination or the truth about vaccines, something like that. But I remember just being a bunch of parents' testimony, you know, showing their children, here's how they were perfectly healthy. I took them in to get their shots. And then here's how they are now overnight. And when you read those stories, it's like, okay, this isn't a bunch of just crazy people that are against the progression of medical advancement. These are real people that have injured children. And, um, and then you find doctors and whistleblowers and it's like, okay, this is really something you need to look at. But again, the cognitive dissonance is so strong. And I think the, um, I guess it's just naive of thinking it wouldn't happen here and there's no way people are that evil. Right. Um, yeah. You want to believe the best in people. You want to believe yes. that at, at the heart, everyone is a good person. That's just, right. that's just not true. <laughs> I mean, it's I believe like a, Go it's ahead. like a criminal. What do they say when someone does something very terrible, like a criminal, they're like, well, I can't believe why they would do that. Well, you don't have a, a mind like a criminal or a psychopath. So you're not meant to understand right. why they would just kill that person. So yeah. I don't think we're necessarily meant to understand like why some of this stuff is going on because we don't think like that. Yeah. Well, and I'll go back to your point about the vaccine injured families and parents speaking up on behalf of their children. I mean, that's literally how I got here. Um, I did a podcast a few months back with Dr. Um, Willie Montague and we talked about medical freedom. And, you know, I shared then and I'll share it again that, you know, I was that parent that trusted the doctors that said, like you said earlier, you know, they wouldn't do that if that was harming, you know, my child or if they knew what this was doing, they wouldn't, they wouldn't move forward on it. And they do. Um, And, you know, people may not know this, but there is financial compensation for pediatricians who have fully vaccinated um, all of their patients. Um, and you know, I always appreciate when you, cause we've been at a couple school board meetings together now recently. And I always appreciate when you say, no matter where you are, that you're speaking up on behalf of these families that trusted the science, we right. trusted the doctors and our child was maimed, injured, killed for that. Right. And, and I know you just said like, if, let's try to take the emotion out of it. I'll tell you as a vaccine injured parent, I am up to here with emotion over it because I, I just look at it as a cautionary tale. And I think that's maybe mm-hmm. the point of the Vax movie or some of these other things that you've watched where parents are sharing this. It's like, I'm trying to help you. I am trying well, to help you make a decision so that your child or your family member doesn't deal with these things that we've had to deal with. I, it's because I love people and I'm, you know, I'm really trying to be helpful. And it's not seen that way. It's seen as like, you're a crazy anti-vaxxer and you want grandmas to die. And it's just right. like, that's just not the case. <laughs> now I use the analogy. I used it recently in an interview about, you know, it's like you're standing outside and someone's house is on fire and you're like, hey, 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 you know, your children are inside, your house is on fire. You should do something. You know, there's something bad could happen. And they're like, shut up, you crazy conspiracy theorist. That's not true. That's, there's no smoke. I don't see any fire. And you're like, yes, no, no, I'm serious. It's right there. Yeah. It happened to me in my house. Like this could happen to you. And they just call you crazy and walk away. And they have to, it's almost like, 
unfortunately, a lot of people, and we're watching it right now play out with this vaccine program, is people are going to have to find out the hard way, you know? I know people that were beat over the head with this, and they still went and got the vaccine, and they still got injured. So it's like, we can only do so much. Um, we have to just do our part, because it, you can't you can't save everybody. You can't help everybody. And yeah. just one other point before I forget, because you just touched on it, was you know, people think they're doing the right thing. I try to remind people that with conspiracies, you know, people go, oh, there's no way because everyone would have to be in on it. There's no way someone would talk. Well, the more you understand the inner workings of them, there's compartmentalization. It's people who are on a need to know basis. They literally do their little thing and that's it. And you have people that think they're doing the right thing. You know, if you get into an argument with most scientists or doctors, they will, they really believe what they're saying. They really think vaccines save lives. They really think that um, genetically modified food is just feeding the world. They think that, um, you know, the, the American war machine is really sending peace and democracy across the world with their bombs. They believe in those systems. Yeah. So I think, you know, if, the doctors aren't inherently evil. I mean, there's a one right. of you with a doctor who said, I had no idea that thimerosal was a derivative of mercury. I've been injecting children for 20 years with it. Wow. So that just goes to show you right there. If everyone knew, I think that we wouldn't be in this position. And that's the only way it works. Yeah. People are trying to punch in the clock, get their paycheck, not rock the boat, not get fired. I mean, are you going to raise your hand and say, hey, uh, I'm one of the 80 scientists in here. I think your your product is causing cancer. Get him the hell out. Right. <laughs> Don't ever say that again out loud. Yeah. You know, so that's the world we live in, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. people would dig a little deeper. I think they would understand how the conspiracy works and not have so many questions about, well, how can this be? How could this could never be? Yeah, it is a rabbit hole, though. And I would say I'm, you know, I'm a believer and I would say pray your way through it because some of the stuff you find when you go down those rabbit holes is really disturbing <laughs> and like and out can, of your control, really. Yeah. And, and for oh, someone like me who loves to help people, like I, I just remember feeling so helpless. And I think even just COVID in general, like this last 18 months, mm. and one of the main reasons for starting this was because I have to do something like I can't just sit here and let the world fall apart. Um, and not at least like you said, do your part. And that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to do. But I think you do bring up a great point in that a lot of people do think, um, it, on the other side, if you will, of this conversation that the product is, you know, safe and that it, it's helpful. Um, and it's not, it, like you said, it's not inherently evil. It's, it's a lack of searching and looking deeper. Yes. Um, now the people I, at the very top, yes, yeah, evil, they know, yeah, but it's the 98% of the people that your uncle or your aunt that works for the pharmacy, and it's yeah. like, you're telling me my aunt is a, is murdering children. No, 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 yeah, and they have no idea what they're doing, yeah, yeah, it's that's how it works, yeah. very few at the top know. Well, and I have a friend who's a nurse practitioner, and in all of her schooling, and this is something you see when you kind of start looking into vaccines is like the lack of education of vaccines to the medical community. It's really, um, it's more like, here's the list and make sure all the yep. kids get all of them. Exactly. And that's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. I've been telling people for a long time, you know, just go ask your pediatrician or ask your doctor, how long did they study uh, vaccination? 
You know, do they know how to recognize vaccine injury? Do they know the ingredients? You know, I think there's some list that goes around. It's like 40 questions to ask your doctor. It's really good. It's like, you know, what is, what are titers? What is MRC5? You know, what is the 1986 Act? And it's all these questions that if your pediatrician doesn't know a single one of them, why? On Find a new pediatrician. Why are you trusting this person yeah. to inject you with this? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's uh, there's no informed consent. I think the the general consensus is the doctors get about one day of vaccine education, and it's like you said, here's the schedule. They save millions of lives. They're safe and effective. Yeah. If you just say it over and over again, now it's true. And the, yeah. I guess that's the that's the new way to do things. The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-Shirts. Go to peacelovetshirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovetshirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. Well, obviously we've talked about vaccines quite a bit, but um, you also have a pretty strong opinion, if you will, about 5G. I'd love to talk about that since we're, we're here already. Yeah. So that was another thing that I really had my, my eyes set on around, I guess, 2018 was about 17. I can't remember now what year, but Orlando is one of the pilot cities for a like smart city, sustainable development. Uh, I don't know how far anyone's gone down the rabbit hole. We don't have time for that. But if you want to go down the Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the sustainability development agenda, that whole we're going to save the environment, climate change thing is a, is a big Trojan horse for implementing the 5G smart city. That's essentially what it is. So uh, obviously, I knew that this was a, a bad thing, but Orlando was really going to implement it first, like one of the first. We slowed down, and there hasn't been a whole bunch of talk about us being the first. Or any like Houston and other cities caught up, but they started to build new cell towers that are these new 5G cell towers. And as we all know, holding a cell phone up to your face for a long period of time is harmful. Standing next to a microwave is harmful. You don't want to sleep on top of your laptop, right? Wireless radiation, the, the health risks have been documented. Now they want to build a cell tower much shorter and much closer right outside businesses, right outside homes. Some people are living within five to 10 feet of a cell phone tower from where they're sleeping. This isn't even so much about 5G. Even if it wasn't 5G, it would be a problem because 2, 3, and 4G are harmful. The, the, the takeaway here is, is they're building a cell tower on every street almost every corner so that they can roll out the smart grid. They can have autonomous vehicles with no driver. Um, you, you can, every, every device and product is going to have a code and it's going to be able to ping. Like just imagine every Amazon package having a wireless chip in it and it can ping and it knows where it's going, knows if it got stolen, your cell phone, everything that you buy. I mean, even, even the stuff in your fridge may have a code eventually. That's how they want it. So that everything will be tracked and controlled. And it's basically a surveillance Orwellian city of just total control, no freedom. That's the goal. So a lot of people think, well, what's, you don't like the you know, cell service being improved? We're going to get better. We're going to download movies faster. No, you might. But what they're doing is, is they're rolling out that agenda. And there are health and privacy risks. You know, not only is it 
uh, Wi-Fi and wireless radiation. We're basically creating a microwave around us. But this is something you're going to be able to hack into, government hackers. This is something that when the technology is complete, they will be able to map, like look at your house and see inside it from a computer screen. It almost sounds unimaginable. There's a good documentary called by James Corbett, great researcher, CorbettReport.com. But he has a documentary called The 5G Dragnet, and it goes into all the privacy aspects. I highly recommend that one. Um, but yeah, it's a, I could talk for days about it. It's, it's basically unprecedented wireless radiation being built right outside your home. And it can double as a microwave military-grade weapon. So in Iraq, they have a, a, a device that shoots out frequencies that can make the enemy's skin feel like it's burning. Yeah. It can even put voices in their head. They had a weapon called the Voice of God weapon, where they would literally, in Iraq, use frequencies to shoot out to the terrorists, and inside their head it would say, this is Allah, put down your weapon. And it worked. In uh, China, they have a store that when you walk by the store, they put a voice in your head that gives you advertisements. Hey, come in and buy this. There's a sale right now. Creepy, right? You sound crazy, <laughs> Justin. This is real stuff. You can <laughs> look it up. Crazy. Look up Voice of God weapon in Iraq. So I just want to give you a little bit of insight. I'm not saying that these towers are going to do this or they yeah. are doing this, but if, if they can put these types of frequencies in a weapon, that's the same type of thing they're going to be able to do with these towers, if they please. Maybe yeah. they will never use it until thousands of people rise up in your streets against the next lockdown and they start using the tower. Mm. Maybe it's going to make you irritable. Maybe it's going to do something so slight we won't be able to pick up on it and say that was the tower. Mm. So those are just things I want to, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but you need to be aware of the, the capability of these things. And we have no idea what the true goal of it is. You know? Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, I use the word crazy as a badge of honor these days, because like I said at the beginning of this, like all of this sounded crazy to me three years ago and here we right. are. So, um, I don't take anything lightly. I'm like, nope, going to research that now. So right. um, talk to me a little bit about 5G and the health ramifications of it, because that's a kind of a different thing altogether. Yeah. And there's like, oh my gosh, if you go to ehtrust.org, Environmental Health Trust, really great website, tens of thousands of studies that show the harmful effects of wireless radiation of not 5G, because we don't even have studies really on that. It's all the previous technologies. And we don't even know our current exposure levels. That's the crazy thing. So I've got this laptop in front of me. It's emitting a bit of frequencies. I'm not, you know, really close to it. So it's not probably harmful. But if I were to do this for an hour, it would be. Well, let's say I'm on my phone and on my laptop. There's a first stick here. There's a robot vacuum. There's a baby monitor. What if you've got seven Wi-Fi devices in your living room? What's that doing to you? What's that doing to your child? Mm. Well, studies show that the elderly and infants are the most vulnerable. You know, infants, your bones aren't as strong and thick yet. So the, the uh, wireless radiation is basically penetrating through more. Mm. And it's disrupting your cells. There's a lot of science behind what this is doing to us. And it's, like I said, common sense, right? Don't, don't put your head in the microwave. That's what we're doing. We've got little tiny microwaves and we're putting them all over the place. The good news is, like I said, you have to be very close to it to be uh, harming you. So when I take a meter and, and measure it, as I pull it away, you know, when you get a couple feet away, there's no frequencies affecting you from that computer, you know. So it's the close proximity 
you know, don't sleep with your cell phone in your bedroom. Turn your wireless router off at night if you can. Uh, go go corded Ethernet cable if you can. Um, don't have unnecessarily wireless devices. AirPods are horrible. Yeah. Use corded headphones or don't use them at all. Some people say, oh, but I got to work out with what's more important, you know, brain tumor or working out with nice music in your ears. Yeah. So these are just things to think about. I mean, uh, the health ramifications, gosh, they go on for days. I think there's um, there's people that have worked for the UN. There's people that have worked for uh, top health agencies that have come out and talked about this stuff. You know, there's you'll notice they put these wireless transmitters on top of buildings sometimes. And they'll, they'll pick one building, right? And they'll say, okay, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, we're all going to use this building to put our transmitters on. So now all those frequencies are centralized into the top of one building. Well, everybody on that top floor is getting 24-7 dosage. So I just feel for those people in those old folks' homes or those condos that right outside their window is six cell transmitters. You're basically yeah. living on top of a cell phone tower. Yeah. Um, I have a question and maybe you, I don't know if you know about this or Mm -hmm. what information you might have, but what kills me is when I see them attached to water towers, like, what is that doing to your water for your whole city? Like that freaks me out. Yeah. And we don't even really, I don't personally know the science or the, the, the information on what that is doing, but that we know that can't be good. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to 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 have uh, Wi-Fi radiation, you know, pumping into anything, your food, your water, your air, your head. Yeah. So I see them too. We've got one out in, I think it's Claremont. There's one I see. Yeah. St. Cloud, I think too. Yeah. St. Cloud. Maybe that's where it is too. Yeah. But it's crazy when you see that. They, they've, and if you also notice, they've uh, disguised them as church crosses. What? Some I thought you were going to see the trees. I have a tree. I have a 5G tree near my, yep. not near, but. On the way to my house, I see this giant, ungodly-looking 5G tree sticking out yeah. above all the rest of them. Um, yeah, they're doing so they, crosses? Yeah, so they'll pay a church and say, hey, you know, the thing is, is these wireless companies want, like, a great place for their tower. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, well, that big church cross is right there. Why don't we just build a tower inside the church? How about this? We'll replace the church cross for them, just make it into a cell tower, and we'll pay them. The church is like, heck yeah, you know, we're getting money and a brand new cross. They get radiated every Sunday. That makes me so upset. So you'll notice if you, if you, uh, some of them are built into flagpoles. They'll just build a straight white pole and then put a flag on it. Um, I've seen the um, cactus too. Yeah, out west they'll use a cactus. Crazy. Um, oak trees, palm trees in Florida. Uh, I, I've pretty much seen it all at this point. You know, the, the devil's advocate argument is, well, it's aesthetics. We don't want these big, ugly towers everywhere. We're going to make them blend in. We're going to make them look like trees. But, you know, who's to say that's not just to disguise it so people aren't, you know, more upset about it and try to stop it? Yeah. Um, yeah, they're building them everywhere. The goal is to have them every five to 800 feet, at least the small cell towers. These big tree ones. And let me just describe the difference because it gets very convoluted. Those big, tall towers that you're used to seeing with the little transmitters around it, um, those are where your 4G towers. Those are That's just a cell tower. The small cell towers that are being built were still 4G right when they were built. They were just small, a small cell tower. It's when they started to add the 5G panels around them. If you'll notice, some of the little light pole looking small cell towers will now have three panels around them. 
now it's 5G ready. Hmm. That those rectangular looking panels are now being added to those really tall towers, making them 5G ready. So at the end of the day, the the whole which one is five? It's all going to be irrelevant. They will all be 5G, um, and eventually 6G one day. Yeah, uh, it's it's just a constant increase. Um, another quick thing, I don't want to dive too far into the 5G thing, but 4G meant four gigahertz. Just to give you perspective, right? So you would think 5G means five gigahertz. No, 5G is very misleading. The mm. G doesn't stand for gigahertz. It stands for fifth generation wireless. Fifth generation wireless, true 5G, is anywhere from 24 to 100 gigahertz. So it doesn't. We we went from two to three to four, not to five, but to between 25 and 100. So there is a possibility that these towers will be giving off 100 times more um, power or, or whatever you want to call it. And it's also millimeter wave technology, which is a different type of uh, technology. That's the kind that the military uses. That's the reason why they have to build them so close is because millimeter waves don't travel as far. So they're more stronger, they're more powerful, and they're closer together. Um, that's... And, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's an uncharted territory. And, and I've seen them in Orlando built right outside of a preschool. And one of my videos I did, that was the one I focused on. It's like, why wouldn't we build them next to parking garages and parking lots where no one's going to sleep or spend nine to five? They put it right outside the window of a preschool. We have documented studies of it being, you know, children being more vulnerable to that stuff. Yeah. And if I'm remembering correctly, I mean, things like cancer and, Yes. I mean, right. I mean, oh, a whole list of, of, of health problems. And the other thing, too, about taking action with this is the FCC, another captured agency, and the government basically made it to where local municipalities cannot regulate 5G at all. So, so your city council members, your mayor, they have no power over this. If it comes out that it's hurting people, if it comes out that the town doesn't want it, nothing you can do. Hmm. And they put that in place so that we wouldn't fight back. Um, so we've tried to speak at city council meetings. They really just say, hey, we kind of agree with you, but they tied our hands. There's nothing wow. we can do. If you want to get home rule back, which is home rule means uh, local authority on the matter, which everyone should believe in. You know, you should always have the, your community should decide what goes on there, yeah. not a wireless corporation that has no regard for our health. So it's really hard to fight. I will say I had a, a friend in Baldwin Park, an advocate from our community. She fought really hard. She contacted the HOA. She contacted other business owners, the news, uh, the, the company that put in the tower. It was right outside of her practice. She treats pregnant women. There was a tower right in the front yard. And she fought and fought. And finally, they took it down and said, we're going to move it. And they never moved it. It hmm. just went down. So we took that as this weird, like, roundabout, silent victory. There's yes. no real formula to this. Um, there's a website called the In Power Movement. If you check that out, they're actually doing something called a notice of liability. It's a tactic where they go after the person who installed that pole, that tower. There's a person who signs off on each one. If you yeah. send this notice to this one person and make them liable, you could maybe get some action. So. That's another route people can try um, if you want to check out that website. Yeah. So real quick on the 5G, do, do these work? I have my little EMF uh, protector on my phone. 
what or and I guess to the this point is what can we do? Like now I feel super helpless and like everything is after me. What can so, we do yeah, now? The, I'll tell you that I'm not a big I'm not a big believer in the stickers. I don't think they do much. I'm not gonna say it hurts. You might might as well have a couple if, if it introduces it's kinda like the uh I don't think I have the any little ones. like there's necklaces and there's yeah, all the sorts pendants, of the organite. So yeah. organite is great. Having shungite and different crystals around the home can help. The only problem with those is is this is sending like a frequency, let's say like right towards me, right? If I've got a pyramid over there of organite sitting in the corner, it's not doing anything. This is still emitting. So you almost have to have it like you're between your like right in front in front of the wireless device at all times. Gotcha. Virtually impossible. Maybe it helps to have something on your phone. Um, I haven't really uh, used those personally, but what you can do is the towers really tough. You can't opt out. You have to move. You know, I, I really don't know what to tell people. Some people would find out about this and message me and are so upset. They're like, Oh my gosh, we're going right outside my house. I have to move. Mm-hmm. You probably should move. Um, or at least come get your, get your uh, levels tested by an expert. Yes. See how much is emitting into your house. If any at all. But with the phones, with yourself, uh, your laptop, there are things you can do. You've just got to mitigate as much of it as possible. You know, I don't carry, I don't ever use this on my head anymore. I always talk on speaker. You can get protective cases from um, companies that will protect your phone. Some are stronger than others. If you get the 100%, you're not going to be able to get any calls. You literally won't get cell service. So it's like, oh, great. It works perfect. Well, I need my phone still. So you might want to get one that's not as strong. So it's really a catch-22. Um, don't carry it in your pocket, you know, for females, do not carry it right here on your chest. I mean, talk about adding to breast cancer. Um, keep it off your body if you can, like, that's the biggest thing. Don't let your kids play with it too long. You know, if they're watching it like this, obviously it's bad for their vision, but it's also emitting frequencies. Um, so yeah, just keeping your distance is the biggest thing. You know, I don't put my laptop on my lap anymore. You know, right now it's on like a a little table. If, If I do have it near my lap, I have it on a big thick pillow you know um we even have an emf blanket we bought when the baby was born yeah you know um there's a company called no choice clothing they sell hoodies now don't get me wrong they're very expensive because the material they have to put in them but it's a hoodie that zips all the way up like over your head so you could get on an airplane where there's known to be a lot of wi-fi Hmm. from all the phones and the, the airplane instruments you can zip up in that air thing and go to sleep and you're probably way more protected than your average person. Wow. There are some things you can do. There's protective cases, but the biggest thing is just limiting your, your use and your exposure to it. If you've got your phone, let's say you're on a a walk in the stroller um, and you need your phone in case of an emergency, put it on airplane mode. Airplane mode takes like 95% of the harmless radiation. Hmm. Um, So maybe when you don't need it right then, just keep it on airplane mode. Yeah. Um, I have like a list of solutions. I'll send it to you. Maybe you can, if you need no, to talk post about it. I may have missed a few. Yeah. So you just mentioned baby and I definitely wanted to touch on that a bit. You are a dad now and yep. how has being a father kind of, how has that changed or how has that morphed kind of what you've been talking about over the last several years? How has that kind of changed your perspective in all of these conversations? Well. I will say I am extremely beyond grateful for finding about finding out about this information before I had any kids. 
because I had the time to, to prepare and learn about the food and the vaccines. Like I am the uh, black sheep or, or needle in the haystack, whatever you want to call it, of the vaccine movement where I don't have a vaccine injured child and I'm not a doctor or a whistleblower. I mean, find someone at that Dell Big Tree event that's not either a healthcare you know, person or um, a vaccine injured parent. I'm like the only one. I was lucky enough to not find out about or to not have that happen to me. So the only thing that's really changed, you know, I have a little bit less optimism about mm. having more children. I'll be just flat out honest because I don't know where the world's going. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of years, I'll have a better handle on that. But I think this is going to be about a, I hate to say it, but I think this is going to be about a four to five year ordeal um, overall. It shows me that, I mean, this fight is more important than ever because we have to do this. They're the reason. I mean, the future of the children is the main motivating factor, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, it hasn't changed too much about my messaging. Uh, I think I had another point, but it's sort of slipping my mind there, but it's okay. No worries. <laughs> it may come back to me. Yeah, I just know, you know, there's something in me that when I look at it, from the perspective of saving freedom for our kids to be able mm -hmm. to enjoy, um, it, it, it hits different. It, like, it's not about me. It's actually not about me at all. It's about the fact that I have a 17-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 6-year-old, and they are going to grow up in something relatively close to what I got to experience as a child growing up in the United States. Right. Or... They're going to grow up with something that is vastly different and looks nothing like what we've grown up with. And that to me is all the motivation that I needed to be able to like go to school board meetings and start talking about things because really prior to maybe the last six months even is really when I was like, look, you can't just talk. You can't just come on here and talk. We have to show up too. And, and I'll just speak for myself. It was scary. I sh was shaking. I didn't, I'd never done it before. I'd never spoke at a school board meeting or held a sign and right. been very passionate about a subject like this before. But now is the time people like, if you're not doing it yet, like let Justin and I be the, like your cheerleaders and say like, now is the time you, you can't sit idly by any longer. Like it, it really is about the kids and what, kind of life we want them to have in the next 20 years. Yeah, I um I said in the very beginning when I found out about this stuff, you know, people ask me why did I get so loud and vocal and involved with it? And I said I can't sleep at night not telling people, not warning people about what I wasn't warned about. I remember first going to like my parents and like, "Hey, did you know about X, Y, and Z?" They were like, "What are you talking about?" "Oh, well, you're off the hook." <laughs> I was going to be mad at them first. Yeah. Then I literally went to a couple of my teachers. I went to a professor at UCF, like my, my finance professor, and was like, do you know about the Federal Reserve? And, da, 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 da. and she was like, what are you talking about? It's wow. a private bank. Nobody knew. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to tell people. And I think it just drives your point home. Now it's more than ever. We cannot sit back and just let this happen. This is we are about to allow potentially the world to change in which, like you said, kids will never know what it was like. They will never know what privacy or freedom is. Because of these things, they may never know what privacy is. You literally have to throw them in a box and go out into the woods to have a private conversation these days. Everything in your house can pretty much listen to you. If it's smart, 
that's another thing I'll point out. If you have a smart device, it can be listening from your ring camera to your smart dishwasher to your smart TV to even your cable box. So there is no more privacy. And if we don't stand up and do something now and try to stop this agenda in its tracks, it's just going to be it's going to be unheard of what it was like that we live like as kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that there's, um, like you said, we don't have any other choice. Like what's the other choice to just roll over? You know, I don't, I can't tell my kids that I was just, just let it happen. or was like, Oh, well, I thought somebody else would fix it. So you just got to get out there and do it. And that's, I was not a public speaker. I was terrified of speaking in front of people. I had never spoke in front of a single person. And, the people who did the March Against Monsanto were like, hey, we quit. Um, and I was like, well, wait a minute. I, I, we can't let this fall apart. So I took over and we had a march in a couple months. And I just had to like go up to the microphone and start welcoming people and tell them how the day was going to go. I didn't have a speech. I was terrified. But I had to do it. I knew that this fight was so important and I was so passionate about it that I literally just blacked out and went up there. And it's just crazy to tell people like, I was terrified to speak in front of people. Now I'll do it all day long. Yeah. So we just don't, we just really don't have another choice. You can't be like, oh, I was kind of, you know, kind of afraid or I hadn't done that yet. You know, we don't have time for that anymore, unfortunately. And like you said, we will help. Like I'm so willing to help people um, get the ball rolling. I had a great example. Girl reached out to me from, I don't even know where it was from now. I think it may have been Ohio, but she said, we want to get together. We want to do a rally outside of the hospital. They're mandating the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, well, here's do this. Make sure you send a press release to the news media, you know, pick a local, you know, public sidewalk. I explained some of the do's and don'ts and she took initiative and ran with it. I didn't hear from her again. I was like, I don't even know what happened with that. About a week and a half later, she said our first rally, we had 52 people. Our second rally, we had 90. And I was like, wow. I was like, that is amazing. And that is what we need more people doing. You know, I love everybody that messages me and says, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm so glad you can be our voice. I love that. But I also get too many of those. We thank you for being our voice because I'm not going to save us. Like I'm not going to stop the school board or Joe Biden or Henry Kissinger or any of these crazy people in the world. We have to all stand up. And I'm no expert in vaccines. I'm no doctor i'm no you know nothing like i I educated in business and real estate so i just went out and started doing it i'm self-taught with my videos i know i just started interviewing people who were telling the truth you know the cnn won't interview him so i'll go to his house and interview him might be crappy audio and video for the first couple years but we're gonna get the truth out there and that's what we have to do we have to speak our truth we have even if our voice shakes at the school board meeting even if you don't speak the first time, go sit in the room with everybody and cheer when the doctor does go up there and crush it. Then maybe next time you'll speak. So like Del Bigtree told us recently, stop waiting. If you're in a group, even if you're in the Florida Freedom Keepers, amazing organization. If you're with whatever group, don't sit and wait for the leaders to make the next move. Just do something. Then when you get your event planned, like the Lake Nona healthcare workers, they started planning something and they said, we're going to reach out to Moms for Liberty, Florida Freedom Keepers and Justin Harvey and see what we can do. And between the three of us, people showed up. It wasn't yeah. a big event, but it was very last minute. They have another one planned now. So it just goes to show you that not having the resources, no excuse. 
call the people with the resources. We'll help you. <laughs> I'll come out there with the megaphone if I can. I'll share it to my page with 15,000 people. We can work together and we can do this. We just can't be scared and we can't sit back and wait for someone else to do it. Yeah. I love that. I was definitely one of the people who said, thank you for being my voice because <laughs> you did, like you said that. It does. You know, it does help too. Don't get me wrong. Those are inspiration. Those words I, do keep me going too. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, like we have people and I, and I want to like, I don't want to help anyone have an excuse as to why not to do this because you just gave such great reasons why they should. I will say like, there are people out there who don't like this messaging and have no mm. problem like bugging you and like trying to be in your ear about why you're wrong. Um, right. But I will say that, you know, I get messages now at least every other day from people who had, I had no idea were paying attention. I had yes. no idea they were paying attention and yes. they say, thank you. And I'll tell you, like, there have been days over the last several weeks with all this mask mandating for our kids in school and just the nonsense, obviously, Afghanistan and um, right. Haiti. There's just a lot going on right now. Um, but I've been getting messages almost every other day recently just saying, yeah, I've been watching you and I'm so thankful. And it's funny that you say that because about step up two and that because that's really kind of what I want to say is like, come with me next time. Like yes. we can do this together. Um, you don't have to be scared. And even if you are scared, I'll be right there, you know? Yes. Um, and so, so I love that message. It's like, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that's what it is. And, and I just, again, to reiterate, like I'm not knocking anyone's like, you know, giving me um, some thanks in a, in a DM or anything that those are great because I'll never forget the one message that, that really kept me going in the very beginning. And this is uh, something I mentioned in my, in our Capoco talk, which I'm sure we'll talk before we end up, uh, finish yeah. off was that you never underestimate the power of planting one seed. You never know what Facebook friend from high school is looking at your stuff and not liking it. because They don't want anyone to think they're into crazy stuff, but they're silently agreeing. You never know how many of those there are. And they're there because I get messages from them, but, I was doing a tabling event at Earth Day. Uh, it might have been VegFest, but either way, they're like the same event. 10,000 people probably show up all about, you know, healthy food and vegetarian. And I'm, I've got a table about pesticides in Monsanto, and I'm teaching people about eating organically and telling them how to opt out of that poisonous food system and get their health back. And this girl, I was giving out DVDs. And um, yes, DVDs were still a thing. Um, and I gave out Genetic Roulette by Jeffrey Smith. And it is probably one of the best GMO movies out there about Monsanto. She walked away, never thought anything of it. A year later, she comes back and she was like, I just have got to thank you. You know, last year you gave us a DVD and it changed my life. Mm. And I sat down and watched it with my mom and we literally had tears in our eyes because we had no idea what we had been eating and feeding our children. And she said, I, I will never look at the world or our food the same again. And she was just, her thanking was so sincere. I will never forget that. And it was just one DVD. I was only handing them out to select people that I could tell were kind of like really interested to learn more. I, you know, I didn't have a hundred of these things to hand out. I wasn't just made of money. So I had 10 or so. And I was like, you know what? This girl looks 
Like she really is curious about this. I was like, here, I have something for you. And I would just give it to those certain people. And you just never know, you know, that that person Googling your sign at the stoplight at the rally could look up theirs for the first time and go, oh my gosh, I had second thoughts about this. And now I, now I have something to go look more into. So you never know. We had a woman pull over at a vaccine site. She said she had a vaccine injured child in the passenger seat. And she said, you know, it's because of groups like you, I stopped vaccinating and found out about what was going on. She's like, you know, it wasn't your group, but because of people like you out there on the streets, you could be out there by yourself, you know, or with two people. You don't need a hundred person rally and this big name behind you and speakers. One sign could do it. So very true. You just use your skills and your circumstances, you know, to what you can do. I know everybody's got busy lives. Some people are like, oh, I got five kids and this and that. There's no way I'm going out with a camera and interviewing people on the streets. I get it. You know, when I was doing that stuff, I was single at a cake job. I didn't have to work much. Now I have a different job, family, things are much different, but luckily I got everything in motion. Um, so now I can kind of, I can still navigate and do things. It's just, I don't have as much freedom as I used to. Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, Anarchapulco, which I thought I would mess that up, but I think I got it. Um, and one. then <laughs> Anarchovid. So tell yep. us about those because you're, you've got those coming up where you're actually going to be speaking. Is that correct? Yes. So okay. Anarchapulco is an annual conference of freedom fighters, truth tellers, libertarians, anarchists. Um, and just so everyone knows, anyone who's got a misconception about the word anarchy, it just means without rulers. So it means no evil psychopaths in government. Everyone's living off the land in harmony. It does not mean Molotov cocktails. Right. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> Anarchapulco is a great event with... Um, it's always in uh, Acapulco, Mexico, and it's basically a liberty conference. They have great speakers every year. Many of my inspirations, Luke Rudowski of We Are Change, Ben Swan, independent journalist, Derek Bros, a lot of those people uh, that inspired me all speak at this conference every year. Well, uh, the last, I think last year and this year, they're doing a virtual conference during the summer called Anarchovid. There's so much going on with the pandemic that they want to cover more and talk to people like uh, doctors and activists and doing things in the field. Um, and I was blessed and fortunate enough that I got reached out to to speak at Anarchovid this year, which is just amazing because I've kind of looked up to this conference. I've never been, I've wanted to go, I've never got the chance, but um, I will be speaking at the virtual conference on August 25th through the 27th, I believe. And I'll be talking about this campaign. Uh, basically, the on-the-ground fight against mandatory vaccines. The response from the public, what we, what it's like out there, that's the kind of things I'm going to discuss and some solutions. So I'm really excited for that. You can learn more about it at anarchapulco.com, which I hope you have like show notes or something to spell that out. I will. But um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a good event. There's some great speakers, Dr. Ben Tapper, Dr. Toby Rogers. Um, a lot of great people talking. Nice. I love Dr. Ben Tapper when I can find him because they keep shutting him down. I know. Um, it's crazy. All right. So last thing before we head out, one is I'm going to point out my shirt. It says my son was injured by vaccines. This is going to be up on peacelovetshirt.com. We can change it to say daughter. We can say make it just say family member, whatever you want, um, or just I know someone. 
um, but we can do these for you. Um, and I wear mine. Actually, this is what I wore to my first school board meeting. Um, and just letting them know, you know, like, especially with the kids, just side note, they're trying to say, you know, let's have vaccine clinics at school, like during the day. Like, mm. what are we talking about here? This is insanity. So no, we're not, we're not for that. And we're going to keep our voices nice and big and loud and in their, in their uh, main view so that they know that this is not what people want. Um, but that being said, Justin, tell people where they can find you on social media and online. And, um, and then they can also check you out at anarchapulco.com. Yeah, so you can find me on Facebook. Um, my name is Justin Robert on Facebook. Um, I have a sign in the profile picture that says practice media distancing if you're looking for the right one. You can also find my uh, page on Facebook under We Are Change Orlando. I'm also on YouTube, uh, heavily censored right now. I can't really act, um, use it actively, but I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, it's Justin underscore We Are Change. Uh, that's where you'll find most stuff. But Facebook and Instagram. I am on Telegram and TikTok, but they're just sort of backups right now. As we know, censorship is so heavy. Um, you kind of need to have a little, have your pulse on the other ones out there and have a backup plan. But totally. Yeah, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Justin. I really appreciate it. This has been great. And I just want to say yes to people who maybe this was overwhelming and maybe this <laughs> is all new news to you. Um, like we said, we can help, like go to his page, look at all the things, do your research, start digging. If you get low, which you might, cause it is, there's a lot there, just, you know, reach out or make sure you have people like community that you can still, you know, work through some of these things. I, I will say it's been very helpful to have like-minded people in my life over the last, you know, 18 months, two years too. Um, just making sure that you don't go down the rabbit hole too far and that you, you know, keep the presence of mind that you, you're not helpless. Your voice does matter. You can do something. And so, um, just want to encourage you guys to do the research, know that I'm here, Justin, thank you so much. And, uh, I'll see you at the next rally, my friend. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good uh -huh. one. See ya. Hey guys, thanks so much for watching today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of your All My Favorite People merch. And I'd love it if you also left me a review. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 4517. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.